Hello, welcome to my third podcast. Uh, today we are at Dreamanoids Hi-Fi. It is a hi-fi store that I co-own with Christian Rios. And um, we started it last August in 2017. And uh, it's been quite a journey. And this podcast is about helping others. And um, today I'm going to be talking a little bit about hi-fi because one, we're here in the space and two, um, hi-fi is where I kind of learned to help others. So the first thing that you might be wondering is what is hi-fi? So uh, hi-fi, uh, as I tend to simplify things, I've, I've gotten it down to this. Uh, you take a turntable, an amplifier, and speakers, and you have some records, and you listen to music for fun. That's what hi-fi is. And uh, here at uh, Dreaminoids, we have uh, a bunch of British-made hi-fi that we sell. And um, I have about 800 records here to choose from to listen to. And so uh, the way I learned about hi-fi and uh, the way I sell hi-fi is through helping others. And I mentioned this uh, previously in some of my other podcasts, just real vaguely. But um, I got into hi-fi when I was about 16 years old. And uh, I was also into audio engineering at the time. And so I kind of split my time between the two. And uh, I ended up going to a hi-fi store called Concert Sound, which is located off uh, Bassium McCullough at the time uh, in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I had read a book by this guy named Robert Harley about high-end audio, and he said to look in your yellow pages to find a hi-fi store. And so um, I ended up finding Concert Sound, and all it said on its ad was home stereo. So uh, I walked into this hi-fi store, and this fellow named Mark Keaston uh, uh, greeted me and my friend and proceeded to show us, uh, 16-year-old kids, uh, the, <laughs> the range of hi-fis that they sold, which ranged from about, at the time, probably like 500 to about uh, $30,000 or $40,000. And uh, he ended it with playing on like this really high-end uh, it's called avant-garde duo loudspeakers with audio note tube uh electronics and a lin lp12 turntable uh ended up playing us nirvana nevermind and the backs of the hairs on the back of my neck like stood up it sounded so amazing at the time and um i was hooked from then on but what also was amazing was that I had been to some other stores. I had been to some electronic stores and things like that. But I had never experienced someone just taking the time to talk to you about uh, the enjoyment of listening to music, the enjoyment of, fi of finding out about equipment uh, in, in such a kind and friendly way. And uh, at no point was Mark asking me to buy or how much I wanted to spend. He was literally just looking to kind of give us uh, a preview of what Concert Sound does and what they have to offer. And that really stuck with me. And so I ended up uh, buying some hi-fi from Concert Sound. I worked all one summer and saved up my money and, and uh, spent $600 and bought my first hi-fi, uh, along with the help of my brother, uh, who had also helped me get some hi-fi uh, previously that summer, and, or previously that year. And so um, as I got more and more into it, uh, I talked last week about teaching and learning about uh, how to teach. I uh, 
was in this special program called the ACT Lab at UT Austin under Sandy Stone. And one of the things we learned in that class was how to make websites. And this is around 99, 2000. And so um, I ended up meeting uh, two hi-fi stores, uh, one uh, Whetstone Audio in San Antonio, Texas, and then already I knew Concert Sound. And both of them ended up needing websites. And so I helped both of them develop websites and ended up learning more and more about the hi-fi industry. And as time went on um, over that year, I ended up working very closely with Concert Sound, so much so that I, I started working for Concert Sound on the weekends. So I would drive you know, to home to San Antonio while I was going to UT Austin and just uh, sell hi-fi. And I learned all about uh, uh, sales and I learned all about inventory and I learned about uh, running a small business. And um, I actually worked with uh, Mark's partner, Creston Funk, if you can imagine that. That's Creston's actual name, Creston Funk. And, um, and he taught me like his perspective on hi-fi. And so it was really interesting because as a customer, I had always dealt with Mark. And then as someone helping run the hi-fi store, I dealt with Creston because Mark had to move to Ohio during that time. And so it ended up... Uh, giving me this juxtaposition. It was uh, kind of like uh, Mark taught me how to be persistent in sales and Creston taught me how to, um, he called it creeping socialism. That's probably taboo today. But what he really meant by it was um, kind of just working with customers to identify, you know, what, what they're really interested in and what makes, what makes them tick and kind of catering to that when showing them hi-fi and then showing them that we we do have a unique way of, of selling hi-fi like we specialized in british electronics um, which have a certain sound and design uh, philosophy and so we would literally uh, have these customers come in and they would hear something and it, and it was really cool to be able to say this is handmade and in great britain uh, by people that are paid well and and uh, live good lives and um and it's done to, uh, this way to this day. And so, um, and, and then on top of that, like pe people that are buying hi-fi are, are excited. They're happy. I mean, they're, they're getting to buy something that they don't need at all. It's something that you want. And um, so as we did that, I kind of just kept going and getting more and more involved with Concert Sound. And finally, uh, somehow I got so involved that uh, uh, Creston decided to move to Austin instead of me coming down every weekend. And we opened a hi-fi store there. And it was really interesting because at that point, um, one of the things that Concert Sound really opened my doors to was just meeting a wealth of talented people. Because one of the things you quickly realize with hi-fi is uh, people that buy hi-fis, one, uh, they're very happy people for the most part because they're just wanting to listen to music for fun. And two, they're usually pretty creative uh, individuals, and, and their job occupations just really range. Um, anything from uh, someone that works as a, a mailman to you know, lawyers and doctors and um, venture capitalists, uh, musicians, teachers, uh, accountants, um, yoga instructors, I mean just, Anything you can imagine, uh, but you tend to, to get really creative people out of all of those fields because they're people that, that like art and like music. 
And so I ended up just making a slew of friends and a network that really provided uh, uh, a wealth of help. And I got to help other people um, through that through that position. And so uh, as I finished up my PhD at, at uh, UT and kind of brought to a close working with Creston uh, in Austin because I was going to be moving, I, uh, I started to like really miss the idea of doing high five uh, as a business. But at the same time, I, I knew I was going to be teaching and, and becoming a professor. And so when I moved to San Antonio, you know, I still took my hi-fi with me and I had a bunch of records and I would listen to a lot of music and um, I was still buying a lot of used hi-fi. And in the back of my head, I, I always was like, man, I really wish I could still be doing hi-fi because it really was engaging and I really did get to meet a lot of people and, and work with a lot of people and uh, and what I mean by work is like uh, help them enjoy their high fives. But I, uh, just like I was talking about, I think I talked about uh, in my teaching is that uh, it was very reciprocal in terms of mentorship. So I would learn things from them. You know, uh, one of them was a lawyer and he just taught me all kinds of things, whether is it about uh, politics. He was really into uh, politics, both uh, in a very like bipartisan way. He understood um, both sides of the of the party line, and uh, he lived in Austin and, and was very involved. And so it was it was really cool to kind of get to get that kind of insight. And then I also got to uh, uh, just help him with general things in life. Um, and I would go work on his hi-fi, and and it was really neat. Uh, I got to meet his whole family, and and you kind of make these bonds with your customers. It's very different than. Uh, a normal, I'm going to let that pass. It's very different than a, uh, a normal uh, electronic store. You, you do build up a rapport with your customer and, uh, and you do go into their home and, and set up their hi-fis. It's the, the systems that we sell kind of um, lend themselves to that. And, and, uh, and it's at a price where it's, it's appropriate for like things like that to happen. And so I'd end up just getting to meet a lot of people and, and then also like delving into my car culture and, and another podcast is that I'd also meet a lot of customers that had really cool cars and uh, I'd get to experience that as well. And that, that definitely helped pique my interest uh, as I, later on when I, when I was working on my dissertation and, and studying automotive car culture. Some of my first rides in exotic cars were some of the customers that we had at Concert Sound. Uh, it was the first time I ever rode in a Ferrari. We had a customer with a Ferrari F360 Spider in British Racing Green. And I'll never forget, like, riding in that, in that car. And, and it was just, like, the fastest, most brilliant car I'd ever ridden in my life. Um, who would have known that, like, five years later, I'd have a Mercury Grand Marquis that was way faster than that Ferrari. Uh, I would have never guessed that. So, you know, as I finished up and I was teaching at at UIW, I would have students over and they would listen to hi-fi. And I had two students that would come, come over often, Johnny and, and Christian. And so they started getting into hi-fi and, and uh, I'd help them like find used equipment to buy. And uh, they ended up having little stereo systems and, and collecting records and, and people would go over to their houses and listen to music. And uh, it was a really good time. And then, uh, you know, they graduated and, and I just kind of kept uh, teaching and, 
And uh, Christian opened up a, an arcade shop here in this building. This is his building. And, uh, and then after about a year, he decided to go in a different direction. And, uh, and that was a, uh, probably like a year before I was finishing up at UIW as a professor. And um, I was looking for other jobs and trying to figure out what I was going to do in life. And uh, if you haven't seen, I have a whole article about it on my website, mygeekylife.com. And so Christian and I kind of, you know, we're, we're hanging out and joking around about like, you know, what we would do if we could do anything in life. And we jokingly said we'd own a hi-fi store. And uh, then next thing you know, we kind of started really seriously talking about it. And we, we reached out to a distributor that sells this brand called Riga Electronics that are uh, handmade in, in uh, Sussex, England, which is, uh, I believe, right east of London or pretty much in London. And um, they were super excited, and they decided to meet with us. And we met them at like this Chewy's restaurant, and uh, which is a like a an Austin Tex-Mex restaurant, I would call it. And uh, and we had this really great experience. He was super excited about it. Um, something that was really unique was that uh, you know we were like these two young guys. Most hi-fi stores are run by people that are much older than us, and they also tend to. Um, be white male guys. And it was like these two Latino guys show up and are like, hey, we want to open a hi-fi store. And we have this abundance and huge wealth of knowledge about your product and about how to sell hi-fi. Uh, Christian has a background having worked for Apple corporate and having worked in the Apple retail store and having been a pawn shop broker and having worked at Chili's and you know, Chuck E. Cheese and everywhere else <laughs> and all kinds of jobs. And myself having, you know, experienced all these other spaces, we had, we have a really big breadth of understanding of, of retail and business and entrepreneurship. And so the, he, he was just really uh, kind of taken aback. I think especially because of the fact that we paid for the, the meal. I don't, I think usually they pay for the meal, but we were just like so excited that he wanted to, uh, uh, allow, he wanted to allow us to sell stuff for them. Uh, at the time, it, it, it all made sense to us and it still does, but it was just kind of funny. Uh, uh, reflecting back on it. And so, um, so we didn't talk to him for a year and Brand, uh, Brandon, uh, Christian and I just worked away on, on the shop and uh, we kept making little adjustments here and there. Um, we brought some, st uh, some hi-fis in, like my own personal hi-fi and, and Christian brought his uh, personal hi-fi in and we, we, we would set them up and see how they sounded and see what, what was going to sound best. And Mark Heaston, uh, one of the co-owners of Concert Sound back in the day had moved back to San Antonio. And so he would come by and some old customers of his from Concert Sound would come by and give us feedback of what they thought. And, um, and then finally, you know, we started making some pretty big decisions like putting a wall in and rearranging and, and uh, reforming how the space would actually be laid out. And over the past year and a half, we've uh, slowly been changing it. But in that first uh, uh, first six months before uh, August 2017, we really put some time in, and and we did call uh, uh, his name's Tom. We called Tom back uh, over at um, the sound organization and and said, "Hey, we 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 were ready to open our store, and we would like to get our allotment of Riga from you." And he was just like, "Wow, y'all like really called me back. So y'all really are going to open a hi-fi store." We're like, "We are ready to go." And, uh, and there we were, we, um, 
we got our allotment in and within the first month we made our first sale and uh, since then it's just um, it's been a, a a slow but steady growing experience and again like the customers that we meet are just amazing like that's a big part of why I love selling hi-fi and a big part of, of why I like helping people in general is that like I come here on my weekends after I've worked Monday through Friday and um, I get to meet really interesting people from all over San Antonio and talk to them about their love for music and their love for, for musical playback. And, um, and it's just been amazing. I, you know, some highlights have, have been, uh, having a customer come that is a landscape architect and just looking at our space and, and giving us feedback and saying, Hey, like here's some really simple ways you can improve your, uh, your landscape, uh, Grimm's landscaping, Randy Chavez. He, uh, he just had some amazing recommendations and then having other friends that, that are uh, designers, like rendering our space in 3d to just like, let us kind of imagine what those recommendations would look like. Um, you just you have all these when you when you start a business a passion business like this you tend to start getting passionate people coming by and just wanting to experience the space and ideate with you and they end up bringing you customers and they end up becoming customers and and oftentimes you end up becoming customers of theirs in a very reciprocal way um i had a, a friend that that i just happened to see one day uh, during lunch, and um, he told me he was opening a climbing gym, who I'd love to have on on this podcast, Michael Cano, and uh, Joe. I can't remember Joe's last name of uh, uh, Armadillo Boulders, which is uh, located downtown by the Pearl. And um, they came by, and they just it really got their mind ticking. And uh, I happened to have at that time been working out with uh, a really really talented uh, artist, muralist, activist, community engager, and teacher uh, named Ernesto Cuevas. And uh, it was really cool because he happened to be by when, when uh, Michael and them were here. And we all got to talk and they looked at his artwork and they ended up collaborating and having work done uh, by, by Ernesto. And Ernesto's work is just amazing i have some uh some of his work here at the shop i have a table that he did and then um i have uh, uh some prints and uh and and ernesto is an amazing person that helps others he's somebody i'll have on the podcast for sure uh, in the future but yeah um this journey of creating this space has just been amazing and uh you know an, another story i have to share is that i had uh, a customer come to the shop and be like, you realize you're, you're located on the West side. And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I grew up here. And I was like, all right. And he's like, I really like that you're here. This is awesome. And I was like, well, thank you. And uh, he ended up buying some equipment from us. But one day he came in and I had another customer show up and uh, he he was a newer customer of ours, and um, he had told me how he had grown up around here. And it turned out that they started talking, and they had both grown up in this neighborhood, lived one block away from each other, and um, had, gr had gone to high school together, uh, were one year apart. And, and while they, weren't, they didn't know each other directly in high school, they had uh, uh, mutual friends, 
and they just started sharing all their memories and um, and how you know having this uh, shop just really kind of uh, makes them proud and happy and and um, I was just really blown away because I hadn't uh, I hadn't really thought of those kinds of collisions happening here and so um, so yeah so you know I just wanted to kind of share this story about the hi-fi store and how amazing it's been uh, from multiple perspectives and how it's been a really good uh, a space for uh, helping others we've had some nonprofit events we've had uh, the mini art museum come and do community engagement uh, workshops here. We've also held events for uh, some nonprofits like Spare Parts, uh, has had some uh, trainings here. And then we've also had um, uh, regular monthly meetups of the Convergent Media Collective come and they show their work. And we've had some uh, conferences have some events here where they do like show and tell of hardware and software designs that they've been coming up with. So um, the space is always evolving. One of the amazing things about my business partner, Christian Rios, is that um, even if it's just like changing the way a picture is hung in the, in the space or just changing uh, the way the lights are set up or just moving one piece of furniture to another space or as drastic as putting up a wall or uh, redoing the whole front exterior, um, it's been amazing to watch his talents uh, come to life uh, through this space, in addition to the talents that I have and bring to the table. And that's been another kind of uh, great reciprocal mentoring uh, uh, situation. I mean, it's, it's very pure. I mean, he's 10 years younger than I am. And, uh, and it's been awesome to see us get to kind of share in this space and... Um, be business partners and, and learn about each other. He, uh, I have a two and a half year old. He has a two year old and even getting to see our kids play. Uh, it's really neat. It's um, I don't know. I highly recommend if you haven't ever done a business venture before to uh, dabble in it and be ready to learn, be ready to work hard, but uh, it can be very rewarding and um, it has value in and of itself. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope you have a most wonderful week.